Hi everybody, it's Erin and Meg and welcome to the premiere of our new monthly segment, Love You Read It. We're so excited, besties, book besties, (laughs) book bitch besties, (laughs) bookworm bitches. Yeah, y'all know that, I mean, I feel like a lot of people got into reading during quarantine, but we really got into reading in 2021 and so many people have honestly been coming to us for our book recs, I mean, especially like in my personal life and everything, and we love talking about books and sharing kind of our opinions on everything, and we thought it would be so fun to have a monthly segment on our Love You Mean It channel, kind of like on our episode stream you can find a monthly episode on a book of our choosing maybe in the future we'll do like a kind of like a group pick but we're excited to have the premiere of this monthly segment this month for our first pick we chose then she was gone by lisa jewel i've actually never read any of her books before neither have i but i've heard she has a couple that are pretty good so i'm gonna have to check those out because i did like this book yeah i guess we'll get into more of our kind of opinions in a moment but before we do i want to give you guys a quick synopsis of the book it's a little bit detailed but i really wanted to give you guys as many details as possible because if anybody's listening to this episode and they haven't read the book i want you to be able to feel like you did read the book and so it's kind of like we're in school together and you didn't do the homework and i'm like catching you up on everything before the quiz yeah your uh bestie spark notes is coming up and it's gonna prepare you for everything that you need to know so hit it so beginning with the prologue so basically ellie mack is a high school student and she has a boyfriend of one year theo goodman this is important later and she's happy but then she goes missing so starting with part one there's laurel mack who's really the i guess i would say the main character of the, the story i would say is laurel yeah i, I I mean, the whole time I was just thinking of the Laurel Yanny thing. <laughs> and I was just like, in my mind, whenever I read it, I heard that guy's voice where it was like, Laurel. Unless you heard it like <laughs> Yanny and you're a fucking loser. So basically, Laurel Mack is Ellie's mother. Ellie has two other siblings. There's Hannah, who's the middle child, and Jake, who's the oldest. And Ellie's the youngest, and she was really the golden child that went missing 10 years ago in May of 2005. Another character in the story. There's not really a ton of characters, which makes it easy to follow, but Paul is her father, and he and Laurel divorced after Ellie went missing, and their family has really grown apart. Hannah, the middle child, as we said, she really grows super distant, and she's not really close to their family. Something that I found found just like really interesting is how almost like obsessed Laurel was with Ellie. Obviously, like she really cared about her, and that's her daughter, but totally put ellie on a pedestal and like completely i feel like for i mean i feel like jake wasn't even really a character and completely forgot about hannah but i feel like that's probably why her kids like had issues with her Mm -hmm. throughout the book like she notices that they're very distant and i'm like hmm, i wonder why because you literally don't pay attention first of all they probably picked up on the fact that you so clearly favored one child when the child went missing you just stopped being a parent like she stopped cooking she stopped like literally doing anything around the house stopped working like everything and just was completely absent in their lives so i totally understand why they're distant because i would be too in that situation the last sighting of ellie was from a security camera of an intersection nearby there'd been no leads in the in-between years but now 10 years later is kind of when the book is really taking place and there's a tv show crime watch and they actually did a show on the disappearance so think of like 2020 or like dateline but now an investigation has turned up they found ellie's backpack but it really in- reinforced the police's notion that she ran away basically laurel reluctantly admits that there was a burglar at their house soon after ellie disappeared which i thought was really sus and she thought that it was really just ellie going back to pick up stuff and then they flash back to 2005 before she went missing and ellie had been struggling with math class and she asked for a tutor and basically another character in the book noelle donnelly was recommended and it went really well but noelle was honestly being really creepy and she was like weirding her out so ellie actually asked to stop the lessons and then after the lesson stopped noelle ran into ellie and offered her some practice materials i don't know i just felt really bad because like clearly ellie didn't want to be rude and so she accepted and so they went to noelle's house and ellie was never seen again so basically the police found some partial human remains and it turns out that it's ellie which i I feel like you find out pretty early that like ellie actually is dead Mm -hmm. which the entire book i thought that like 
maybe it was like a part of her or something and like maybe or maybe it was like a mistake and that she wasn't actually really dead but i thought it could have been maybe like someone else because it seemed like it was too early in the book for them to just be like oh yeah she's dead right like i thought they were gonna say that she's dead but like in the the, in the end there would be a twist and it would be like someone else yeah i was like waiting for that based on her remains it looked like she was run over and then buried so the whole family gets together they have a funeral and they bury her and it's all concluded and then a month after that you meet floyd so part two of the book laurel meets floyd down at a cafe which is such an odd setup basically she's like sitting in this restaurant by herself and he like immediately walks in and sits directly next to her and like starts up a conversation with her he basically has two kids a 21 year old named sarah jade who i literally hated i I don't know why i didn't like her but i mean i think that was kind of the point though yeah also the combination sarah jade anyway also wait when he sat down at the cafe next to her he made like the creepiest comment you have really beautiful hair like he didn't say hi he was just like your hair is beautiful and then he was like do you want to split my carrot cake Mm -hmm. like it was so weird you really you honestly really just get like super creepy vibes from him from the beginning yeah i was like this also his name is floyd i I was like no so it takes place in england i don't know if we said that oh yeah sorry we didn't everyone is pretty much english Mm -hmm. except floyd is american yeah and then noel is irish yes so so floyd writes he really just writes books about math and number theory and on the next day he tells her that he googled her and he knows about ellie which i thought was honestly kind of weird another red flag but also i mean like i google people too so i guess that makes sense yeah but, but you don't tell them that you yeah them. like that's fucking like and they don't even know each- like i just said it was the next day so so basically after that they slept together and then laurel ends up, ends up meeting his kids and she like meets his daughter poppy who i've just mentioned and everyone says the exact same thing that poppy looks just like ellie which i think is just like i mean she's probably just like scarred obviously from losing her daughter but i just thought it was so weird and poppy and floyd have like a really creepy relationship which unnerves laurel and honestly unnerved me as well i felt like you know how in that movie orphan where like it's like the adopted dad and like the daughter's like i mean spoiler alert if you haven't seen orphan maybe mute this part but basically he adopts this like nine-year-old girl but it turns out it's like a 40 year old woman living in a like a young girl's body because she has like a genetic condition where she doesn't age or something and so like basically she's like super mature and like an adult but she's in a young girl's body that's literally what i thought was going to happen here overall like laurel's really unnerved like we were but she's really excited because she hasn't really been in a relationship like this in a long time so then hannah her middle daughter pays it's so okay also this too her middle daughter hannah pays laurel to clean her apartment which i thought was so weird laurel cleans her apartment and knows that hannah hasn't been sleeping at home hannah claims she's out partying but that's not really her personality so laurel finds flowers that someone gave to hannah by someone named t which comes up later i literally was shook shook the house down when i found out who gave the flowers to Mm -hmm. hannah i was freaking out so Laurel visits her elderly mom, which I literally thought had no premise or like importance to the story, but it happened. And they randomly plan this big family dinner and Laurel brings Floyd and Paul brings his like girlfriend and they bring all their kids, which I thought was so weird. Then Laurel finds an envelope addressed to Noel Donnelly in Floyd's house and Floyd says that she's Poppy's mom, which I was shook. Laurel remembers that Noel was Ellie's math tutor and Hannah tells Laurel that Ellie thought Noel was creepy and weird, which Laurel didn't know, which I thought was kind of shocking. Laurel also goes through Ellie's journals, which is a total invasion of privacy. I know she's dead, but Floyd acknowledges that she was a very big fan of his books and that's why they got involved laurel finds out that sj is well yeah sarah jade is actually seeing an older married man and she advises sj to end it sj expresses interest in ellie's disappearance which i also thought was super weird and sj also tells laurel that she caught a glimpse of noelle a month before poppy was born and that she had like a flat stomach and did not look pregnant at all so like i think it was one of those like bodysuit pieces that you can like Mm -hmm. put on so basically after that in part three they flash forward to noelle's perspective but in the past basically they just talk about how she had like a really hard life talk about how she met floyd and how she was like obsessed with him she got pregnant and lost a baby and around the time she starts tutoring ellie and she became obsessed with ellie and thought that she had such a perfect life then it kind of flashes forward to laurel's perspective in the present and she calls an old number she has for noelle she meets like her family and they all just have like weird things to say about her and say that they haven't really talked to her in a long time and they never even met poppy which is weird because that's her daughter yeah and poppy's like nine yeah she's like nine or something so it's kind of weird that she would never meet her cousins like laurel like brought it up to her and she was like i don't know she's like i don't have any cousins and she was like you know like you literally do and then like laurel was the one to take poppy to noelle's family's house and was like oh here's just so weird she's like don't tell your dad then the next day laurel sees theo ellie's older 
like boyfriend with a woman and it's hannah so the tea that hannah got the flowers from is literally ellie's her younger dead sister's old boyfriend so i just thought that was so freaky looking but back like it's pretty obvious but like i know but i, like, I thought that like hannah was gay or something and yeah, that like that no, was gonna be I, a I, big I thought deal. she was gonna come out as like bi or gay or something like that so then basically after that it goes back to noelle's perspective in the past and noelle ends up kidnapping ellie keeping her in the basement she randomly gives her like hamsters as pets and then one day she drugs her and soon ellie realizes that she's pregnant noelle pretends to floyd that she's pregnant but a month before the baby's due floyd breaks it off anyways noelle gets ellie pregnant but she thinks that like a baby's gonna save her relationship with floyd but it was like already on the rocks anyway and so he just like breaks up with her and then back in the present laurel calls noelle's parents to report that they haven't seen her in decades and floyd tells her that noelle was an atrocious parent and that it's better that she's out of the picture at floyd's house laurel finds i don't know if you guys remember earlier when i was talking about the burglary like laurel finds a can- like candlesticks that had been stolen in the burglary but and they were at noelle's they were like in her house it was like a weird story like they were given to laurel from like they were like a gift and it was from like an estate sale or yeah, something it, and it, it would they were worth a lot of money yeah, they, they were like from really rich family friends and it was like it was um it was like antique so they were very like specific it's not like you could go to like a random store and buy those mm-hmm. so she was like what the fuck those are mine so basically back in the past around the time when poppy's still a baby so basically ellie obviously like we said gets pregnant she has a baby the baby is poppy so it's revealed that poppy is ellie's mom i mean poppy's ellie's daughter which i did not see coming did you no like i don't know like how i don't know what i thought but no because they just kept saying like how much she looks like ellie yeah and like it wasn't even just her like um laurel's ex-husband paul like mm-hmm. when they all went out to dinner and like everyone met um paul and, or everybody met poppy and floyd paul like pulled laurel aside and was like she looks just like ellie no and like didn't like hannah say something like that i too? think so yeah so basically ellie has poppy obviously but then this this part like fucked me up like basically noelle locks ellie in the basement and like literally kills her well because she had like um she was having like health problems like i know she had like a breast infections like from breastfeeding so she probably had like mastitis or something like that and obviously like because she was hidden in a basement and a missing person noelle couldn't like take her to a hospital so she literally just locked her in the basement and like never came back like before that she was like i guess nice to her as a captive like she always she gave her three meals and like made sure she always had everything she needed like tampons and like clothes and all that stuff but like she literally just like switched on her and then like locked her in the basement and then never came back in it was just so fucked and like it's hard too because we were reading this from ellie's perspective of her like literally like starving to death and like all this stuff and like hearing her own baby cry upstairs Mm -hmm. and like she couldn't get to her it was honestly really sad ellie's dead at this point and floyd grows closer to poppy but noelle feels him pulling away from her so she decides to move to live with her parents to make him chase her but like floyd literally doesn't give a fuck about her yeah she was like i'm going home to ireland and he was like like, he was like okay bye (laughs) So then basically Floyd figures out that she's leaving and wants her to give up Poppy, but Noelle freaks out and like it tells him that it's not his child. Basically, she purchased sperm and impregnated Ellie herself, which is so fucked. It was like an immaculate conception. Like Ellie was like, I think I'm still a virgin, but like I have like I had a baby. Back in the present, Laurel talks to Paul about Hannah and Theo and he says that he's already known because Hannah doesn't give a fuck about you. Like she doesn't does she even view Laurel as her mom really? But Paul says that Hannah's cold to Laurel because she knows Laurel because always wished Ellie was the one who survived. Yeah. Also, can we talk about that in the first like 10 pages? Laurel was like i wish that hannah was the one that like went missing not ellie i was like, honestly so fucked i just like didn't love laurel as a character like i thought she like we can get in more to it later but like i thought it was really fucked up that it was so blatantly obvious that she just like disliked her yeah. children that's and she's like literally putting all her love and care into one child that's missing and like, i know they're never going to be able to live up to like what 100%. ellie was so it's just really fun. Like, I have a hard time liking her because yeah. I'm like, you're a fucking bitch. <laughs> so then after this, Laurel calls Hannah to say that she loves her. And Laurel goes into Floyd's study and sees that there's a bunch of newspaper cuttings about Ellie's disappearance from even before they met. So it's clear that he didn't just Google her the de- next day. He already knew about her because obviously he knew that his ex-woman was holding 
Ellie and he had a connection to her. She basically celebrates Christmas with Floyd and Poppy, but she thinks that something is wrong. And at one point during the story, her oldest son, Jake, like his girlfriend, Blue, talked to her and was like, he gives me weird vibes, basically is what she said. And she was obviously right. She's like a sensitive person. Whatever. So she picked up on his aura and she was like, it's black. (laughs) His aura aura is really dark. So then Floyd tells Laurel that he has a surprise for her. And then Laurel finds a card where Floyd basically, he basically just like chickens out and runs away. And he writes this whole card and he's like, uh, watch this video that I recorded. And he confesses that he found out about Ellie on Crime Watch and he knew that Ellie was Poppy's mother very quickly. He said that he didn't want to go to the police because he suspected, because he didn't want them to suspect that he was involved, which is true because he really didn't have any involvement like in the he, actual. He didn't know anything about it. But it's so fucking creepy that he watched Crime Watch and then like stalked her and then like started dating her to get close to her to then yeah, pass Poppy off to her. Like, not- why can't you? have just like told her he's not blameless at all no. but like in regard to like what noel did like he really didn't know about that and then he was just like trying to raise yeah. his daughter so yeah who didn't even end up being his but he did wrong by laurel for sure yeah so he gets involved with laurel on purpose to let her get to know poppy but then he's surprised when laurel is attracted to him as well and he really just admits that he murdered noel and buried her out back which i was kind of shocked by and he tells her that she can have poppy it's kind of was a little bit fucked that he just like gave her poppy as if poppy was like a t-shirt in his room but he was like yeah you can have her and then basically he left poppy with laurel drove off and shot himself flash forwards to eight months later and hannah and thea got married and laurel is basically taking care of poppy like all by herself and then in the epilogue a woman goes to the police she finds a note hidden in a book that she got from a used bookstore and in the, the author of the note was ellie and she wrote about how noel was keeping her captive and that she loves her family and she wants someone to find poppy and tell her that she loves her which i thought was so emo because i was like oh I'm like nobody really heard about her that's it for the synopsis but before we wrap it up and to kind of talk about our opinions i found out that there was an alternate ending poppy's reunited with her family floyd kills noel Floyd kills himself, all this stuff. But apparently the author of the book, Lisa Jewell, had a different ending that she wanted, but her publishers convinced her to do the one that she was settled with. But her alternate ending was that Ellie didn't die. And then instead, Floyd finds Ellie in the basement after he kills Noel, And he's scared of losing Poppy, so he keeps her alive in his basement. And then after he kills himself, Laurel and Ellie are finally reunited. But Meg and I were kind of talking before the episode started that I feel like she low-key had to die. But something like in between those endings would have been good because i feel like i like i really liked the epilogue i thought that was really cool because like earlier in the book noelle had gotten her books like she was like can you get me like books like i want to read so it makes sense the epilogue was like a nice like nod to that scene yeah but the end i just thought was like too clean for me it almost felt like an episode of like full house when like something happens and then like danny goes up in one of the girls rooms and he's like okay like we need to have a talk and like everything's okay in the end Mm -hmm. and i'm like that's not what i like in books like i like when things aren't so like tied up neatly like i like things to be like literally fucked up and like chaotic i didn't love the ending but like i like i don't know i think a combination of those two things like would have been interesting like oh maybe ellie almost made it out but then like she didn't like some more like Mm-hmm. like like more of a climax I no guess. no i agree because it's like obviously there was a lot of stuff that happened but i didn't really feel like that there was like a peak and then it mm-hmm. like came back down but i guess that kind of leads into our next segment so if you guys are new to the podcast every single week we talk about what we're loving and hating this week but every single love you read episode we're going to talk about what we loved and what we hated about the book so i guess what you're hating is kind of the ending right yeah i would say the ending and also i would kind of say like the main character because i yeah. just thought that like her reactions to things like weren't always super believable and like i feel like she was really like trusting of like this random person that Mm -hmm. like she's never met before and like there were all these like red flags literally in her face screaming i'm a red flag and she just like didn't react like how a normal person would like with the candlesticks like Mm -hmm. i would have literally like made a fucking scene like they were like vintage unique candles and like your old like your missing daughter's tutor had them in her house like like i don't get why she was so calm yeah. like she, she was she, like oh and she just like she was like oh, that's weird that's suspicious yeah. that's weird like that was her the entire book and i was just like that's like you're a mom who's like 
grieving and like your whole life is about missing your daughter yet when there are clues like to what happened to her you dismiss them i'm like that doesn't make sense i think going off of that kind of piggybacking off of you i would say that i i think what i didn't like about the book as well would be the main character i feel like it can i i also did enjoy the book i mean we both kind of said that we'll give a a rating at the end but what i just didn't love was that like it's hard sometimes to read a book when you don't like the narrator and we kind of already touched on it that she was so blatantly like favorited one kid over the other like we barely even focused on jake at all and hannah like they had such a strained relationship but she would make these like fucked up decisions and then not understand why her life was falling apart like obviously when you lose a kid there's a higher likelihood of divorce but her husband was dope honestly like i would marry paul straight up like yeah poppy was a little weird and like floyd was obviously weird but i i did love all the other characters like i did love all the characters as a whole like even like someone as random as hannah like i felt like they were pretty well developed that like i understood where they were coming from everything that was happening like their character arcs all that stuff but i feel like with laurel just kind of felt with yanny kind of like Flat. i feel like she didn't change at all yeah. like she was still like she was still obs- i mean obviously you're gonna be obsessed and like be crazy about like your missing daughter but like you still have two you, like, uh, like he, living children yeah. so and, i mean like meg said she stopped cooking eating cleaning any of that stuff and like really just gave up and then all of a sudden one day saw this rando floyd at a cafe and like was ready to like start her life again i totally understand why hannah was so skeptical because it's like all of a sudden your mom's like ready to get back into your life it's just weird too because like she's treating this little random girl that she's never met better than her own children yeah i just thought it was fucked i just think she's like literally awful so i I I really liked Ellie. Like yeah. I wanted oh, justice I for Ellie. Justice for Ellie. But like I really didn't care what happened to Laurel. Like I honestly didn't really feel bad for her because she was horrible to everyone around her. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of like No, I get that. I like you get what you give, so. But what did you love about the book? What I loved, I guess, is like the twist because mm-hmm. I like when a book like has a big twist but like you don't see it coming but then like after you've read the book you can go back and like see the clues and you're like oh like that's it yeah so like if you like those like if you like a classic thriller this is honestly a great read that's why i'm excited for you to read the silent patient because that's literally what it was like there's such a huge twist and like looking back i totally should have seen it coming but i i also agree that like i love when that happens like some some of some of the clues i picked up on like kind of early but like that's not always a bad thing like sometimes it's like you make like an assumption and you're like oh i don't know if i'm right and then like the book is like oh my god girl congrats you got on the show like you're right like i wrote that in my goodreads profile that like kind of honestly in like the first quarter of the book i already Mm -hmm. knew that ellie was gonna be like kidnapped Mm -hmm. by noel and was gonna like she was gonna kill her and like well because it was just like obvious like the way she was acting and i was like there's no one else like in her life that would do this Mm -hmm. So, again, like, obviously, like, I feel like when you're kidnapped, it's usually by someone that either knows you or has, like, studied you in some way or, like, watched you. Yeah. So, I I don't know. Like, I I think that was kind of obvious. Like, it didn't take away from the book necessarily, but, like, because I was interested in, like, her motives, like, Mm -hmm. why she was doing that. Yeah. But, I don't know. I still thought it was, like, an interesting take on the story. Mm -hmm. What I loved about the book, honestly, is, I mean, yes, it was predictable at times, but I loved how honestly spooky it was. Like, I was reading it, and I was, like, honestly freaked out. Like, the whole, like, Ellie locked in the basement, like, left for dead with all of these, like, dying hamsters also. Oh, my God, they found, like... They found, like, 20 dead hamsters Yeah, there's this one part where they go in, and, like, you literally just see, like, a bunch of, like, hamster cages and, like, little, like, carcasses, and you're like, what the fuck like that's so random and another thing i thought was really creepy was that like i guess like because noelle just literally abandoned ellie in the basement the smell was so bad that the neighbors like came up to her and they were like girl like are you good and she was like yeah everything's fine and then that's when she was like fuck i have to get rid of the body so she like literally dismembered her and then like 
she literally that's when she went back to the house and like took shit and like left some of her bones there and then the rest she like i think like threw out or something and like a garbage dump Mm -hmm. it was fucked though yeah it was honestly really spooky so i did enjoy that because i feel like it's hard sometimes to get that across in a book like actual like i was reading it and i was like this is so fucked up especially like the fact that the person that was committing the violence was a woman yeah you never read that you really don't see that that much Honestly, the book really re- reminded me. Obviously, she did not die, but it really reminded me of the whole J.C. Dugard thing. Because that was kind of the scary part, too, is that low-key, this could 100% happen in real life. Oh, this a, whole thousand, line, a so. thousand percent. Like, you hear about people getting kidnapped, like, all the time, and sometimes they make it out, and sometimes they don't. Like, I was literally just um, watching a TikTok, and this girl was like, yeah, like, my sister went missing, and she was like, I got a phone call one day, and, like the police officer was like i'm sitting here with your sister and she was like what the fuck like my sister's like dead and he was like no she's not like she's literally like she escaped fine and i was like that's fucking I would freak crazy out. now that we've kind of talked a little bit about what we're loving and hating gave a synopsis we're going to get into some discussion questions so act like we're at a book club all together my first question we both haven't read these so i'm excited to see what they're like then she was gone is first and foremost a mystery Yet many questions are answered quite early on in the book. How soon did you guess what really happened to Ellie? And if you did, did it affect your enjoyment of the book? I mean, I honestly just, like, assumed she was gonna die. Like, because more often than not, like, missing people, if if they don't find the actual bodies, they're just, like, presumed dead. Mm -hmm. And, like, they stop searching eventually. So I kind of just, like, made peace with the fact that she was gonna, like, just be dead. But I was gonna have to figure out how she died. No, That was more of, like, the angle I looked at it. No, that's what I was gonna say like i would i mean i already kind of said it but in the first quarter i totally was like oh she's gonna die like honestly noelle is probably gonna like kidnap her do something to her but i don't really felt i i personally didn't feel like it affected my enjoyment of the book because i mean like in a negative way because i've kind of like what you said you were spending the rest of the book trying to figure out how it happened and like the whole poppy thing i was like what is the connection all that Next question that we have. In the prologue, it says, looking at it backwards was obvious all along. Now that you finished the novel, do you agree? What warning signs referred to in the prologue might Ellie have spotted if she'd been more aware? Oh, everything. Literally like, everything. Literally everything. Like, the whole thing with Noelle being so obsessed with her, like, following her around, all this stuff. Like, wanting her to come into her house, like, into her basement. I don't know. I feel like there... I, I mean, there were so many warning signs even that we should have picked up on. Yeah, I don't know. I just again like hindsight's 2020 and i think like ellie being like so many of us is very trusting and she's also like a people pleaser Mm -hmm. so i think that's like ultimately what was her downfall is the Mm -hmm. fact that like she was trying not to be rude yeah but i think like this is just goes to show that if you're in a situation you really don't want to do something or you have a gut feeling you shouldn't go you shouldn't do that thing yeah just get out of there really the moral of the story if you never put those if you never put yourself in those situations nothing will ever happen to you so just don't leave your house Next question that we have is, did you think that Lisa Jewell's portrayal of Laurel and her journey was realistic? Could you relate to the way she dealt with grief or did you find it alienating? I definitely feel like it was pretty realistic. I mean, I've obviously never lost a child, so I can't really relate to that. But I mean, everybody's lost somebody. I feel like that's really close to them. And it can totally be that way where it's like super consuming and overwhelming. And you're like, when am I ever going to get over this? I mean, I've never, in the way that she did, like, push away the people that I love because I was so upset. So, in that way, I didn't really understand that. But I felt, like, realistically, like, it was, I I could relate to her emotions in a way. Like, I understand how it happened because, like, I, like, in my personal life, I've had, like, someone, not, like, they didn't go missing, but I've had someone pass away and I saw, like, how the family had to deal with it and, like, I, I I did see similarities between, like, the mothers, but also, like, I understand losing a child is the worst thing that could ever happen to you, but at the same time, like, Laurel wasn't doing anything to help herself. Like, she wasn't going to therapy. Like, she wasn't, exactly like, doing anything, like, beneficial for her or anyone around her. So, she kind of was just, like, she just had this cloud, like, following her around, and it honestly just, like, ruined the lives of everyone around her. Seriously. And just, like, perpetuated, like, this miserable energy. Well, and, like, 
she wasn't the only one that lost somebody like obviously like paul lost somebody too like he also lost his daughter and like she i feel like she was kind of selfish in a way like making it only about her no and like it must have been really hard too for like her sister Mm -hmm. and her brother to have lost a sibling especially in a way that is so tragic and like horrible and you know that probably affects the way that they relate to other people and like affects them trusting people and whatnot like that's probably why hannah and theo ended up together because they were both grieving and like no one else would understand like what they were going through so that's probably why they ended up together yeah like it makes sense yeah i don't know the whole hannah theo thing really i kind of wish they'd like put theo more in the book because he seemed kind of dope but like he was really only in like ellie's part and then like there you didn't really hear anything else about him like she like laurel just saw theo and then she saw hannah like she was like out at like like in a parking lot or something and she saw them and like that was it like they never like she never brought him around or like anything like that yeah and the only ever time that she really like addressed theo was remember when she was like in noelle's basement and she was like it's crazy how he used to be like my only thought and like now i like don't even think about him yeah she's like i haven't in this basement for months she was like i'm only thinking about my family like i haven't thought about him in like days because i'm just like trying to survive i was like that's so sad question number four this one is going to start some controversy just kidding what was your impression of poppy when she's first introduced did this change over the course of the book and if so how i fucking thought she was so weird when she i think we have to like explain more because like i thought that was a good summary but i feel like it didn't get like the details of poppy really so basically it was introducing poppy and like she wore clothes from like banana republic and like she wore like business cat and mind you this girl is nine years old she wore like pearls and she wore like pearls and business casual stuff and like she only talked like super professionally and she wouldn't play with like toys or like dolls or anything like she was always trying to interject herself into like adult conversations and she was very mature but it was she almost like treated floyd like he was like her significant other like it wasn't to me it did not seem like a like a father-daughter relationship and it seemed like really like if anything like floyd was the son and like she was like taking care of him yeah like i don't know i just like well also red flag um she was homeschooled yeah floyd homeschooled her so they obviously spent like a shit ton of time together but i just think that like kids that like i mean there's nothing wrong with like being homeschooled but like personally i think from like a social aspect you don't really get that like but and you like, know like i mean and like she didn't really have siblings to like bounce no. off of or anything and like he didn't really have friends either like they they lived they a were very, very shut withdrawn in lifestyle. yeah the only and other, so the only other person they ever saw was sarah jade and like you know um floyd was like more of an academic like introverted person so I think she kind of like took on his characteristics because literally she was or he was like the only person that she ever had contact with like she didn't have any role models in her life like she didn't it didn't seem like she was interested in like things that like a nine-year-old would be interested in like a boy band or like um I don't know like a a game or like you know some like like a tv show like anything like that like she didn't have like any normal interests well and you made a good point too like she didn't even think that she had family uh, she never La- met La- any Laurel of them introduced her to her cousin josh or whatever and she was like i literally don't know who this is and like oh also they didn't really talk about this in the summary too but basically like noelle technically gave poppy to floyd but she basically like left her on his doorstep and so basically like that was poppy's opinion of her mother that she like didn't care about her and like she was like like worthless and like all this stuff so she already had like a bad opinion about her also like laurel tried to talk about noelle to poppy and poppy was like i hate my mom she's greasy and she smells like french fries And I was like, okay, that's literally me. I know, but it's like, that's something Ellie would say too. Like, Ellie was like, she smelled like so bad. I'm like, oh no. Yeah, I forget how Ellie described her. How, like, I think she described her as like greasy too. That's so funny. Which sucks. Well, because, like, didn't, like, they they touched on that in like noelle's chapter also noelle's chapters were so creepy. Like, the way she narrated. I I literally just thought of her as like disgusting. Like, I was like, when she was talking, I was like completely repulsed. (laughs) 
there's like a question in a little bit about like noelle's obsessive tendencies so we'll get into that in a little bit so i guess we'll move on to the next question for now next question then she was gone is divided into six parts why do you think lisa structured the book this way how would you categorize each section and what makes it distinct from the other parts of the book i felt like honestly every part of the book was just so completely different because like, there was part one that was really setting the stage of ellie her disappearance all of that and then there was like a whole like another part all about like literally ellie in the basement all the stuff there was another whole part about like laurel meeting floyd and everything i just felt like everything was like a completely different like genre almost the section with like laurel and floyd was almost like a romance and then it was like Mm -hmm. a mystery of like what happened to ellie and then it was like a horror of like oh my god like ellie in the basement and then it was like a love story again because then they got reunited i also liked how like aaron and i are big fans of this in books so if you're ever gonna write a book you should do this because it's fire we really like when authors speak in multiple points of view so they have like different narrators so the majority of the book i'd probably say like 85 percent of the book was laurel and then the last like three parts or something it kind of like changed between various characters so that's always like really interesting like i love that especially like so like i would say like like yeah like halfway through or like the fourth part or whatever they switch randomly like out of nowhere to noelle's point of view and she starts talking about her childhood and how she grew up and like her obsessive tendencies and it was just so crazy being in her head and like seeing i wonder what's going on inside your head like that was, that was literally her, her and then they gave us that insight it was just so so gnarly and like hearing her talk about like impregnating ellie like ugh, girl you are so fucking nuts for much of the book laurel and her daughter hannah have a fraught relationship as laurel fails to let go of unfavorable comparisons between hannah and ellie do you think it's normal to have a favorite child how should parents handle these feelings if they arise i feel like it's unrealistic to never be like oh my god like i favor this person or like not favor them but like at different points in your life being like oh we get along better you're closer to them but like outright like showing it and like telling your kids like oh like i wish that you were the one that went missing and got raped and died instead of your sibling like that is so fucked up and i would literally be in so many years of therapy if i were hannah i mean like i'm one of three girls so that's like i've always heard that like three is a tough number yeah so it's and also like when you have siblings like you're naturally like competitive with them and like you compare yourself to each other but like I don't think that like the parents should blatantly show favoritism mm-hmm. like that's okay if you feel that way but maybe talk about that with like your husband your mom your therapist a friend some somehow like it won't get back to the child because that's like so damaging and they're gonna spend the rest of their lives trying to like win your favor and like win you over and I just think that's a really shitty way to live and your kids should never know that you have a favorite yeah like you should treat them all equally but yeah that's just like and like i get like having shared experiences and being closer with certain kids like in different parts of your lives but like you need to make an effort to spend like equal time and like do equal things for your other kids because that's really not fair like if you like you shouldn't be a parent then if you're gonna do that i think that's really shitty i literally just don't feel like she had the mental stability to be a parent and like hannah seemed dope like hannah was fine hannah was fine and like jake although he was barely in it like i thought it was really ballsy of him to like call his mom and be like hey like i don't really like this guy like that's really hard to do yeah especially in that situation where like she like they lost ellie and like his mom was distraught and like this is the first guy that she's seeing after she got divorced like i give him a lot of credit for doing that that's really hard next question throughout the novel laurel has moments in which she feels something is not quite right but often writes it off as paranoia as a result of losing her daughter have you ever written off your own concerns how can you distinguish between when you are being pessimistic and when you should trust your intuition I don't even think it's, like, an issue of being pessimistic. Like, she's literally just being dismissive. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you already touched on it a little bit, but it's, like, there were literally these huge, like, blinking, waving red flags, and she wasn't even, like, she wasn't even really addressing them. She was literally just being dismissive, like you said. Like, she wasn't, like, oh, my God, like, I don't deserve love. Like, all this stuff is happening. Like, she was just, like, looking the other way. Like, she clearly felt super uncomfortable with the way that Poppy and Floyd interacted, but she never brought it up or, like, never addressed it yeah so i don't know i just think like that she i don't know that's why i just had a like a problem with like reading her 
narrative because I was like, I just don't think that like that's what like a mama bear would do. Like mm-hmm. especially like if that sounds so chuggy, but like it's I don't know, like especially as a mom, like you're just so like fierce and like protective of your kids that like if you have a feeling like a like they always say like mother's intuition, like mm-hmm. if you feel something, like just go with it. And she literally did the complete opposite. And it was almost frustrating to like watch her be like like watch her like putzing through her life like mm-hmm. being a fucking idiot and like not questioning when things are wrong and she knows they're wrong but she doesn't address them yeah it was just so cringy i, know, I was like girl open your eyes she sucks <laughs> okay this next question i was kind of reading ahead while you were talking and honestly this is something i didn't notice and now i'm gonna be like really freaked out there are four different perspectives shown in the book but only noel and floyd's narration are in the first person why do you think Lisa chose to write their characters in first person, directly addressing other characters, while Laurel and Ellie's chapters are told through third person? What effect does this have on you as you read? I did not realize it was in first person, but now looking back, maybe that's why their chapters affected me so deeply, and like I felt so uncomfortable is because like they're writing as if like you as as if you the reader are Noel, and she's like I did this, like we like I went like here. we like we had this conversation yeah like, like i talked to ellie you, about you this. made me feel this way like, like i feel so uncomfortable like i was like i i literally just felt like it was something that like i shouldn't be reading like it just made me really anxious honestly and like now it makes total sense that like because i totally felt that noel and floyd's like chapters had the same exact vibe of like uncomfortability like i felt like i shouldn't be reading it and I didn't even realize they were both in first person and now it makes total sense. It was almost like being a therapist. Yes. And like sitting there like across the couch from the both of them and they're admitting shit that they've done in the past to each other and you're just like hearing all of it and it's like it's honestly like really hard to listen but like it's a great example of like there being two sides to every story uh-huh. and how like they were both like completely different and even though they were like the same events Mm -hmm. and they each had like different motives and like different like reasons like why they did the things that they did and so i just thought it was really interesting and i really actually did like how the author did that because like the chapters weren't super long Mm -hmm. that the other characters did but they were really effective yeah that's like and they like punctuated the storyline really nicely yeah i mean that kind of answers the second part of that question obviously but the like what effect did it have on you as it as you read but i mean you just said it perfectly like it really just like it really just like put a spotlight on like their like their thoughts and it like made it so much stronger like more powerful i think in my opinion Next question, kind of going off of that one. Floyd and Noelle are both characters with some obsessive tendencies, you could say. <laughs> what are other similarities do they share, and what ways are they different? Were you able to sympathize with either or, or both of them? No. I honestly hated both of them from the beginning. Them, I didn't. I really did not give a fuck. Them, like, giving us Noelle's sob story about, like, oh, all her siblings and, like, growing up poor. I was like, bitch, shut up. You're a murderer. <laughs> like, honestly... i don't care my vibe was jake's girlfriend blue being like i don't like his vibe like his vibe is really off i literally felt that from From the the first fucking thing that he said when he said you have beautiful hair i was like that's such a weird comment and then when he was like i googled you yeah no there were just so many things so early on that i was like why are you talking to this man and she was like i really like him and she was like i'm literally so in love with him and i was like he sounds disgusting and like it was just hard to tell from the summary we gave so if anybody actually read the book you would know but like she was so obsessed with him and he was like your regular average joe like he wasn't anything crazy he didn't seem like super hot or like i mean yes he was smart but he didn't seem like he was funny or like that they super like had a great relationship he was really corny and like jived really well like it it seemed like a really strained awkward relationship and so i was not surprised when he wanted to break up with her and then she basically like trapped him into having a baby so they talked about it in the summary but basically they she like accidentally got pregnant and they were like okay like we'll have this baby and then she lost it and then he was like you know what like this really opened my eyes that like we're not meant to be together all this stuff which is totally fine and then like she basically like like i think they like hooked up again and then she like trapped him and pretended to get pregnant when really like ellie was it was just really a lot and then like her throwing it back in his face when they got in that fight that poppy wasn't his i don't know they're just like 
they both were like horrible like i don't know like i don't i definitely don't think that like floyd was a great partner no. and i don't think he was like the best father especially to his oldest child because like the reason that like noel wanted to have a kid one was to save her relationship but sarah jade like literally hated floyd like she hated her father like she just would always misbehave when she was there and like she would like bite him and hit him and like say that she hated him and like all this shit and then she was like i want to give you a kid that like loves you yeah and that is like the spinning image of you and like that's where she like got the idea to do it because she was like currently fixated on ellie and like as we were just talking about it i was like oh clearly noelle was obsessed she was obsessed with ellie she was obsessed with her perfect life everything i was like wait was floyd really that obsessive but when you think about it like he was obsessed with poppy mm-hmm. like in like a creepy way that like immediately when reading the book you would instantly notice that's why i was like kind of surprised that like he was able to like just give her up like that thank you like she was just like a fucking dirty sock on the bottom of his hamper no like i remember laurel met poppy and like you're basically like in laurel's mind and laurel thought that she was like really weird and stuff but she was like oh she's just like probably not really socialized so she was like telling floyd that she was like oh like she's awesome like she's a great kid and then floyd was like literally like glowing and he was like oh my god she's like so amazing like just literally going off and like everyone loves their kids but like but he was like obsessed no he it was like a different level he was like like, obsessed by addison it was like an electra complex like the opposite of oedipus like electra is like when you have a weird relationship with your father like as a girl and i definitely like got those vibes like honestly if she had been older like if um if poppy had been older i don't know if like something like would have happened like i was kind of getting like those vibes i legit was getting orphan vibes and then yeah. it turns out that that's not even his daughter and like it's the she's the daughter of the woman that his girlfriend raped in the basement like oh my god like so it sounds like to me that like he didn't really have like a partner for a long time yeah. like he broke up with noel and then it fast forwards and then poppy's nine years old so to me that seems like that poppy was essentially like filling the emotional role of a a partner Mm -hmm. 100 percent, which is so so creepy because she's literally your fucking daughter yeah in chapters from ellie's perspective she repeatedly brings up the subject of blame thinking of all the moments that led up to what happened to her and what she should have done differently or what others could have done to save her as you read did you find yourself blaming characters for the unforeseen consequences of the choices they made if so in which situations I mean, I feel like in, like, every situation. I don't necessarily think I blamed Ellie, but, like, I thought it was interesting, too, that, like, she was actually, like, blaming, like, her family for, like, not coming to find her. Mm-hmm. And she, because, um, at one point, because obviously Noelle lives down the street, and at one point, I mean, Noelle was totally lying, but she was like, your family's not looking for you anymore. And Ellie got so upset, and she was, like, mad at them for, like, not looking for her, or, like, not finding her, because she was, like, the street over, but, like obviously it's not her fault it's just a situation well something that like bothered me was like the fact that hannah like never spoke up like she knew noelle was like really creepy and that like ellie didn't like her to the point where she wanted her to stop coming over to tutor her even though she needed it like she literally like had her mom fire noelle right before she was supposed to take this huge exam I'm just and confused, like, too, why they hired Noelle. I mean, I guess she came recommended, but I'm like, it's not like she was a teacher, right? Or, like, she had any crazy credentials. I'm like, why is she tutoring her? I don't know, but it was just, like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just, like, there was just so many situations. There was a lot like, to blame, wait, Exactly. But like, I mean, obviously, I don't I don't want to blame any character. I blame but, Laurel a lot, too, okay, for I, not seeing shit, though. Like, okay, yeah. Not necessarily before it happened, because, like she literally was just supposed to go to school and like that was it so like no one really saw that coming but like they could have done stuff to like solve her murder like sooner and it's like i don't know like obviously you don't want to think that but like you find out that the man you're dating his daughter is your is your daughter's 
ex-tutor who you fired because she was so fucking creepy and her daughter quote-unquote looks like your daughter obviously you're not gonna think immediately like oh my daughter's old tutor raped her and uh had her baby in the basement and murdered her obviously you're not gonna think that but it's like put a put a few pieces together like come on i mean you kind of have to look at this from like a detective point of view like they always say like did was someone out to get them like did they have any enemies like those are the first people that you look at and like just at this just looking at this like list of characters noelle was the only one that like could have done it that had a motive that showed like weird behavior everyone else was completely normal yeah so that's why i was like how did you not like i know because usually when you're talking to the police trying to find someone you'll literally say anything that will help so i'm surprised that like hannah didn't speak up and i'm also surprised that laurel didn't like catch on to that yeah i'm like did like, hannah just want theo and so she was like bye ellie yeah <laughs> she's like i'm not gonna tell him like i'm shit. tired of, of being I'm like the reject child fucking, just imagine like your parents being obsessed with your younger sister and you're like of course because hannah's a fucking middle child yeah. i get that i get those vibes just like Meg. just kidding and the final question that we have at the end of the book, Laurel notes that she, quote, hasn't told Poppy the full truth, end quote, about everything that happened. Do you think that she ever will? And how would Poppy react to learning the secrets of her background? I feel like low-key Laurel doesn't know how to handle anything, so she probably won't. But I feel like if she did, that Laurel would handle it pretty well. You mean because, Poppy would handle oh, it Oh, sorry, well? that Poppy would handle it really well. Because Poppy is pretty mature, and, like, she knows that Ellie's her mom. Yeah, so, I don't know. I think, personally... She should tell her because, like, honestly, like, she could probably tell her me acting as if this real. it's real. I was like, she could probably tell her in, like, a few years no, when she's I'm just, like, like, learned a little bit more about the world. Because right now she's still a child. But, like, if she was, like, 16 or something, like, then maybe. But I don't know. Because, like, I feel like it's just going to be a ticking time bomb. And, like, people always wonder, like, the whole, she's going to at some point want to know the whole story. Mm-hmm. Because she's still young enough where, like, she wouldn't think to, like, ask those questions. But it's going to happen at some point. And she already has mommy issues because she thinks that her mom abandoned her when it turns out that her mom was murdered and she doesn't really know. Mm -hmm. And then now she has daddy issues because her dad dropped her off and then went off and killed himself. And, like, she doesn't know who her biological father is. Exactly. Like, the only person that knew was, like, Noelle. Yeah. Because it was some random guy on the internet that she bought sperm from. I was like, that's literally me. (laughs) So, like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, so she doesn't have, like, that link to her family. And also, like, her adoptive parents, I guess, like, literally also abandoned her. Yeah. So it's just, And then, like, like, her grandparents were divorced. And then, like, I don't know. It's just a lot. Yeah. But that's it for our discussion questions. But now we're going to do a fun segment. It's going to be called Love You Cast It. (laughs) And we're basically going to be casting this as if this was a movie. Full credit to this segment goes to the Redheads podcast. Honestly, full credit to this episode goes to the Redheads because a lot of this inspiration came from that. But we're basically going to be casting the characters. In the future, this segment will probably be a little bit more planned out. But this is kind of just going to be like a fun discussion. I was thinking for Ellie the entire time I was thinking of Reese Witherspoon's daughter in uh, Big Little Eyes. What's her name? Like Catherine Newton or something? Oh, yeah. I, I was thinking of her. Or the girl that plays Tara, Tara Newell in Dirty John. I, I could see I, that. I feel like she's obviously a little bit older, Julia mm-hmm. Gardner, but... No, I agree with those. Who would you see as Floyd? I was literally thinking of Stanley Tucci in The Lovely Bones. <laughs> like, I was thinking of, like, the creepiest okay, motherfucker. No, he cannot be that creep. Like, no, I, I, he has to be, like, dorky, but, like... Okay, I'm thinking maybe, like, Greg Kinnear. Okay, yes. Like, a little... Like, a little spooky. Like, like, he looks, like, friendly enough where, like, you would talk to him but like there's also something about him that's like you're like a little off and you're like i don't know what that is that's a good one i feel like that or maybe like russell crowe or something like yeah. someone that's like, like you need someone, someone like that's a dark like attractive side. that like yeah. gets your attention but that has a dark side and gives you weird vibes all right who would you cast for laurel literally satan <laughs> i was just i just had I would it. cast yanny as laurel i, I <laughs> I'm sorry, this is like the eighth time I made that joke, I know, but I sorry. can't stop. For Laurel, I was low-key thinking of like a Laura Dern. Maybe like a Nicole Kidman, like somebody that's like obviously a great actress and like beautiful, but like someone that you you just <laughs> that you're just not gonna like. I don't know. I'm trying to think of someone that's like ditzy enough to like 
play Laurel. I'm like Amy Poehler. Like, <laughs> okay, no, no, she can't be like funny. Like, she has to be like. Because I'm like, I was gonna. I don't know why I'm saying Sandra Bullock in my head. Okay, but I like that because like I feel like she would be the type of mom that would be like crazy at first, and then mm-hmm. she would get like tired and like worn down, kind of like Laurel, and just like not. Like I could see her portraying someone that's like broken down, or maybe like Julianne Moore or something. I was gonna say Loki for Noel. I was thinking of like a Julianne Moore, or, like an Amy Adams, like someone Ugh. that looks like crazy. I fucking hate Amy Adams, so it's Amy Adams. That's why I said it. Thank you. And then Sandra Bullock for um for Laurel. And then I think the last one we can kind of cast is Poppy. Because everyone else, who cares? Do I know any children actors? Um, I'm trying to think like, of someone that's like creepy. Literally, I'm like, I can only think of that girl in Orphan, <laughs> like when she <laughs> but when she's a kid. But obviously it has to be like a like a current casting. <laughs> I'm like Millie Bobby Brown. Like, oh God! I'm like, She's, do I know any nine-year-olds? Maybe we could say like actors like when they were younger. Okay. Like if you know, because I'm like I'm trying to think of someone that gives me creepy vibes. Literally, the girl from Orphan. Well, yeah, like she like literally wrote the creepy she, vibe she child. Wrote, she wrote like, casting. That, that's part. all she wrote. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's literally her vibe. Oh, 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 God! The girl that played Renee. And Breaking Ew. Dawn, like um, Mackenzie Foy, like when she plays Renesmee mm-hmm. when she was like little, like that's who would be Poppy. I could also see like, I've never seen her young, but I could also like, I could almost picture like um, Thaisa Farmiga. Yes. Like, I don't know why, like I feel like that, she's- That like, cr- that eerie vibe. Yeah, no, like yes. she's, she's like put together, but like, I you know that. that like there's something like off about her. Like, and you, I don't know. I just feel like. I'm glad that we did this. Yeah. I, I was kind of iffy about the, the, uh, love you cast it, but. Wait, who would time. you do about Paul? Okay. Like, I want to we'll do, do like the, okay, the secondary characters. I feel like Theo would low-key be like, uh, that guy, like Bo Murkoff. Do you know who I'm talking about? No. Did you ever watch Awkward? Oh, yeah. Maddie? Yeah. I, I, okay. like, I feel like low-key that would be Theo. Okay. I'm and then I feel like Hannah would low-key be Maya Mitchell, but... Isn't Hannah supposed to have, like, blonde hair or something? I don't know. In my in my head, she has, like, my hair. Like, she has, like, mid-length, like, brown. No, I think she's supposed to have, like, blonde hair. I'm pretty sure. They were talking about this on the Redheads, too. They were like, is there ever, like, you're reading a book and, like, they describe the character to you different. and you're like, that's not how you're I like, see sorry, it. You're like, sorry, that's literally yeah. not it. Um, or I, I fucking hate when, like, they make a movie or a show adaptation and the actor looks nothing like yeah. the actual person. Or if it's, like, a historical drama, I'm like, what the fuck? Nope. Like, I don't know why I'm thinking Ashley Benson, but I feel like that's not it. No, I mean, I, I think that's actually a good one because she's blonde. She's, like, a little bit older. But she's, like, bitchy kind yeah. of. Like, okay, or, yeah. like, or, like, cold. Like, I, I could see really her like being, that. like, cold. And, like, reserved. I'm trying to think of who I would have Paul be. Someone who's, like, literally an angel. I feel like low-key Taylor Kinney. Do you know him? Oh, I love him. Yeah, because I I feel like he's, like, wholesome and he's also, like, attractive. He likes Steve Carell. (laughs) Oh, wait. But, like, the silver fox Steve Carell. Like, like Like, he's wholesome and, like you just literally love him and, and like, then like bonnie would be his wife in real life like the blonde yeah okay so overall we're going to talk about our overall rating for then she was gone uh on the redhead they do the average rating so they all do the ratings and then they divide it by four so we'll do our ratings and divide it by two and that'll be the average rating for then she was gone so i rated this book like i couldn't really decide i think we've talked about this before but like we have goodreads accounts oh yeah and but like goodreads doesn't allow like for decimals when you're writing which like when you're writing a review which absolutely sucks because like sometimes you need a good decimal sometimes it's not it's not a four but it's not a five and like sometimes it's not even necessarily a three or a four but it's like it could be like a 3.9 yeah like i need something that's like i just need a fucking decimal i'm annoyed but i would say like like when i wrote my goodreads review i gave it a four slash 4.5 so the average for that for me would be 4.25 so when i gave it a review on goodreads i gave it a five but it's obviously not like a five i guess i gave it a 4.5 Okay. Altogether, the average rating that Love You Read It gave Then She Was Gone is a 4.375, which I feel like is really accurate. No, I feel like that's good because it's, like, it's good enough where, like, we recommend that you read it. Like, it's a good, like, even if you just listen to this episode, like, it's honestly still a really easy read. Like, I didn't. I usually read, like, a book in a day. Mm -hmm. But, like, this one, I just had, like, shit going on and I, like, wasn't home. But, like, 
it was very easy like when i was reading it i went through it really quickly yeah i did read it in a day yeah so like it's definitely one of those books that like if you went to the beach for like a few hours you could literally just sit there and read the whole thing so i definitely think this is like a good summer read for sure now we're going to open up our goodreads and we're going to share the books that we read in the month of may the first book that we read was my dark vanessa so Um, good 10 out of 10 literally like the best book i've read in a really long time i think my maybe my favorite book of all time it's basically just about a girl that's i think she's like 15 yeah and she goes to a boarding school in maine and she has an affair with her teacher and he's 42 42. um that's pretty much all you need to know it's Mm -hmm. just it's so fucking good please get if you can get your hands on it in any way please do it like it's so good and we gave that a five out of five stars because we're giving a, an actual rating for um the next one we read was the vanishing half uh by Britt bennett that book was honestly really good that one i loved because it like the timeline flipped between different characters and also different time periods which i thought was really interesting some good racial elements yeah it had a lot to do with like social justice and like racism so like that's great in today's climate highly recommend that book i gave it a five okay the next book i have is the guest list by lucy foley this book was pretty good i gave it a four it was definitely like a good like thriller there was a twist at the end Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know i thought it was good i recommend it the next one i read was every value break by peter swanson that book (laughs) fucking sucked i gave it a two uh you you could call it a dnr do not read yeah literally dnr 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 do not read do not resuscitate like (laughs) i will never fucking look at that book ever again it was horrible do not read that book the next one i read was every last secret this one is honestly like number two like behind my dark vanessa this book was really good it's by ar tor a recommendation from me yeah no i really liked this one it was a good one um then i read in five years Aaron was like oh i got the book do you want to borrow it and i was like yeah (laughs) i finally read it after years of waiting and i gave it a four i thought it was good i thought it was a little cheesy and like predictable but it was just like a good like it's set up to be like a romance novel but it's like it's not necessarily that way yeah but i thought it was good the next one I read was Lock Every Door by Riley Sager. This book was really good. There was definitely like, there were multiple twists, which I thought was interesting. I gave that one a four. And then, then she was gone. I also gave just like a solid four because, you know. Classic. Yeah. Those are some good books, except for that fucking one that I gave it to. So I'm only going to share the books I read in May because there is too many. I feel like I read more, but definitely not. So the first book I read was The Vanishing Half. I gave it a five. It was a great way to start off the month of May. Next book I read was An Anonymous Girl. Basically, they're the same authors as The Wife Between Us and You Are Not Alone, which I read. Love The Wife Between Us. Gave that it, one was gave so it a good. five. Yeah. I read that a few months ago. The uh, You Are Not Alone is probably one of the worst books I've ever read. I gave it a two. I honestly could go, could go back and give it a one. But Anonymous Girl was really good. It's basically, there's a morality experiment and it goes back and forth between the like participant and the one holding the experiment. And then it kind of goes outside of the experiment and you're kind of like trying to figure out what's in the morality experiment and what's real life i really liked it i gave it a four next i also read the guest list i thought it was really entertaining and i loved how quick the chapters were but there were also a lot of plot twists that caught me by surprise but i thought it went really slow for a while and it took me a while to get into it i I didn't really like though i thought it was a cool twist that they didn't even because i feel like a lot of thrillers they tell you who died in the beginning but you had to wait until like the last chapter to find out not only who died but who killed them which i thought was very cool i gave it a four Next book I read was November 9th by Colleen Hoover. It was a recommendation, and I thought it was okay. I did enjoy it, but honestly, I feel like Colleen Hoover's writing can sometimes be a hit or miss because I'm not someone that likes cheesy cliches. It can be really hard for me to get into her writing sometimes. Boy in it, he's 19, and he said that he was enamored with a girl, which I like for stuff to be sort of realistic, so I did not love that. And it's not my favorite, but I thought it was still good. Then I read Swear on This Life by Renee Carlino. I gave it a two. It was my first Renee Carlino book and I literally hated it. I listened to an episode of The Redheads today and they were like talking about the books that they read. And Margot, who I love, uh, she said that she read Swear on This Life and it was one of her favorite books. And I was like, suddenly my life has no meaning. I gave it a two. I really hated it. But then immediately after, I followed it with Before We Were Strangers, which was so wholesome and cute. It was uh, basically this couple starts dating in college, and then they break up, and then they see 
each other on the subway and they're basically on like craigslist misconnections and like he posts a message and she sees it and they like get connected really wholesome the ending shocked me and the epilogue was so cute and tiny and perfect uh, i gave it a four i originally gave it a five but it went back and i was like i didn't love it that much okay mm. like let me go back next up we were liars you have to read this perfect palette cleanser basically it's just amazing it's this girl and her name it's uh, cadence and she has this whole family they live on this island during the summer and she basically goes one summer and she gets into an accident and then she goes back the next summer and like everything's changed and you're basically the plot twist literally got me i finished it in one day so i gave that five stars because it's really perfect stunning beautiful never been been done before you can tell that i have no life because i read a lot next book i read was woman in the window a reread i read this first during quarantine pretty good classic thriller it's just so long it's only like 400 something pages but it's Mm. just like it's just so long and like unnecessary but really good if you liked girl on the train you probably won't like this but if you hated girl on the train you'll probably love this Mm. next one i read (laughs) really nuts all the books Next one I read was Being Lolita, a memoir. As Meg said, we loved My Dark Vanessa. So this was basically sounded like the exact same thing, but it was a memoir. But it just really didn't land for me. I felt like I really, I like really related to Vanessa more than I did Allison. And this was a memoir. So that just felt really, I felt really bad about that. But I rated it a two. I feel really bad because it's a memoir, but it was just not well written. Next up, I read Red Queen by Victoria Aviard. I gave it five stars. It was a fantasy book took me quite a few days to read and it's very slow in the beginning but it was literally shocking i'm still thinking about it there's this huge betrayal in the book and like i still on the daily basis think about like i feel just as betrayed as the main character did (laughs) and like i still think about it on the daily basis the next book i read was layla by colleen hoover loved it it was so good especially because colleen hoover can be really cheesy and like cliche and annoying but this was paranormal mixed with a love story and so i thought it was really interesting i give it a four and the last book i read of the month was then she was gone which obviously you guys know i gave it 4.5 i started they both die at the end on the last day of the month but i finished it next month so we'll talk about that in the next episode but thank you guys for listening to my huge list of books hopefully we gave you guys some good recommendations also what to read what not to read yeah um please don't read every value break by peter swanson because you will be so mad that you wasted your time please don't read swear on this life by renee carlino it was a waste of time yeah just just don't do that but yeah hopefully you guys like get into reading because it's honestly been a great hobby for us and it's helped us get sleep better decrease our screen time it's really helped with my anxiety and yeah, it's also tea. something for us to talk about as well something to like bond over as well mm-hmm. that's not just watching survivor okay but <laughs> definitely follow us on instagram at love you mean a podcast because we are not announcing the next book club pick here we will be announcing it there but thank you guys so much for listening and we will see you with our next episode love you mean it love you read it love you read it <laughs>